0: in today's episode of the Sixers beat rich and i talked to your weitzman a columnist for fox sports who recently wrote an article titled james harden reckons with his legacy we talked to your about harden's playoff struggles in the past about his relationship with joel Embiid, and what he's looking to do to cement his nba legacy enjoy the podcast All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, part of the Athletics Podcast Network. But we are also joined by one of our favorite writers who covers a team from time to time, uh your own Whitesman, author of Taking to the Top, and most recently and the reason why he's on this podcast, an article over at Fox Sports about James Harden. Hey, you doing your own?
1: I am good. Thank you for having me back on Sixers Podcast.
0: Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it is always good to catch up. It's not like we don't see you. We see you pretty often, um, especially with. I drop uh, in, right? I with, drop especially in, especially with how controversial and and interesting. We'll call it interesting. That's a good way of phrasing it. This team can be your own is down there at the Wells Fargo Center or at the practice facility quite a bit. Uh, but recently, he had an exclusive with James Harden, which did not take place uh, in Philadelphia or in Camden. Where were you up in Toronto during this? Toronto, interview? yeah,
1: yeah. It's actually should I tell? I know I'm cutting you off. I think it's kind of funny. Should I say how, how I got the interview? Because I think that's kind of funny sure. in a way. The uh, I I just went up and asked. Him. Basically, it started. Um, it started. Uh, the Sixers were in New York for a preseason game in uh, October. I don't know whenever that was in Brooklyn. So I went, and then him and Joel do like a, they stay there. I wait for after the shoot around or, or shoot around. It was the it was the game. They nobody played. It was like a right. shoot around a preseason game where no one played. So him and Joel shot for about an hour and a half after. So I waited, waited, waited. Watched him uh, tell Sam Cassell why Sam Cassell was wrong about what he was telling James okay. to do on pick and roll stuff, which was funny. Um, that Those got two can story. Yep, Yeah, it was interesting hearing James tell, no, Sam, I should be going this way, not that way. Um, and then I saw went up to James and told him, uh, yeah, I want to do a story. And like he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I think Rob King, who's the PR guy, Was <laughs> he was kind of stunned. because um, It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. So James <laughs> like, just talk to my guy over here. And we did it. And then I asked James and at in the interview, which was so that was in Toronto during an off day. They had played two games there early in the year. And uh I believe the quote was You seemed like a nice guy, and you said you had some questions. So I figured I would give you my time <laughs> was the uh, wow. the reason. So something about my face uh, gave off nice <laughs> nice guy.
0: Uh, sure, <laughs> that's... sure. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Um, all right, so I guess that's sort of like where we can start. Like, what was just your overall, you know? I think when a lot of times we go into these interview requests you sort of have an idea of what story you are looking to get or what story you thinking you can get. What was your biggest takeaway that maybe surprised you uh, from your sit down with Harden?
1: Um, Surprise me. That's a good question. So yeah, going in and this is what I think I, t- I don't remember what exactly, but I basically told him, I want to talk to you about, I want to ask you all the questions that everyone says, everyone talks to you about, but no one ever seems to really ask you directly, right? And give you a space to answer them. Um, so he answered them I kind of knew I write this in a story. I knew he would do the thing where he says, I don't really care what people think, and then explain why people are wrong. Right. I've heard, I, I, when preparing, I heard him say that. And that's pretty common. I mean, we've heard lots of professional athletes do that. Right. That's pretty common among guys like that.
0: Like, I'll I'll say, I don't care what you think on Twitter, and then I'll block your ass. I think everybody does that.
1: Right. (laughs) Well, that's, and I said that to an interview. I was like, I don't know. I care what people think. I'm like, I, 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 you know, I have a story. James Harden's story comes out. I'm, as narcissistic as i'm refreshing twitter and googling my nay harden and google news like i'm doing all that i'm not gonna pretend i'm above that right like i'm 100 (laughs) doing that um so yeah so that um so that wasn't surprising i was surprised to hear him um i was surprised how honest he was about the nets that was pretty funny and that was at the end of the interview i asked him i said you know anything i should probably ask you this and he just gave me kind of lit them on fire basically right um so I was surprised about that, and I was surprised how um how much he admitted the uh, how difficult it was last year fitting in with Embiid and like we're coming to a team where I think he said everything was Joel, Joel, Joel. Like I thought he would be maybe a little more political on that. I'm glad he wasn't because I think it's more interesting and revealing. Um, definitely from our standpoint, but I think it's also beneficial for him and these guys to just be honest. Maybe that's the biggest surprise is that he was pretty open and honest. Like I think he kind of gave a good window into um. Who he was like after the interview, my editors did do the thing where they ask any quotes that will go viral, you know, which is classic. I assume my editor's not gonna <laughs> listen to this, but that's fine. Um and uh, <laughs> I mean I can make and, sure they uh, got an
0: audio copy of it.
1: I'll send, <laughs> I'll send him a link. And I was like and I was like, no, I don't think so. But I think if you the whole story, like I think you get a I got a good picture of who James Harden is and how he thinks at this point in his career. And like I think that's what I think that's what happened, right? I think that's what kind of surprised me that he sort of did put a uh put the wall down a little bit. Well
2: also so much of the wall for him is like he doesn't always specifically say what is bothering him I feel like like he he will mm-hmm. he will tell you he is feeling you know whatever the word is depressed down whatever things aren't going right for him whatever the right word is but he he won't always specifically give you the uh the answer so in your talks like I know you know the hamstring was the issue last year there were some other things, obviously, from the Nets and you know the other the turmoil surrounding that situation. I, I guess did he get into that at all? Like what what was bothering him
1: last year? He did, yeah. So the um he did a, I think I put this in right. He did say there was other stuff going on, but he didn't want to talk about it. And I tried like three times, yeah. Um, and it's he wouldn't and he wouldn't uh yeah and he wouldn't go in on it. And even the PR guy like PR Rob King quite like so not, Rob King kind of said yeah, yeah James doesn't want like it's behind you right? And James said yeah like it was clear. His wasn't biting. I did a thing. We've you guys have done this where you try multiple times. And but what about this? But you're saying this or one detail and he just didn't want to bite, which is again, um, that's his right. Like, you know, I'm not somebody who thinks anyone's required to give me answers or talk to me about anything. Uh, I one thing I don't know if I put this in. I do think um not being in Houston, I think we didn't put this in. I think that was hard for him as well. That my understanding is like his whole family had moved to Houston um over the years. Um, and that was his home, and leaving that. You know, it's sort of a mix of all that. So the hamstring injury, which was really the first time, and going back, like I had forgotten how he just never missed games for yeah. like a stretch of six, seven yeah. years. Like he literally played every. Like I'd forgotten that, right? It's kind of thing where, where I take it in for granted. Maybe is a better way to put it. Um, maybe looking back, they would be better off, right, in the playoffs if they had given him some days rest, days off here and there. So I think just the ham, like the first real injury, the next thing being a shit show, um, leaving Houston this is the mix of all that and again probably he wouldn't admit this and he definitely still doesn't admit it, at least to me like we talked about how getting by people is still not a problem for him he said he was taking mid-range shots because you know there's no yes. role man and the big men's there it's interesting right um that's revealing in its own way right so i think you with like your basketball mortality as a superstar that, that's my read on it That just the whole mix there um was what sort of created that situation yeah, it is
0: interesting reading that because it seems like at times he's acknowledging the fact that there is a shelf life on his career, a shelf life on him being a you know a great athlete, but yep. he didn't want to <laughs> go quite as far as to recognize that he might be reaching that yet. Like he seems like he is he yep. is acknowledging yep. <clears throat> that there's only so much time of being the superstar that he was, and he wants to win within that time frame. But he did seem like he pushed back a little bit there on uh he's actually reached it.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, right? And it's interesting, and it's also revealing because it being James Harden and he is this, whether you are a fan of his game or not, like, and the description I use is like playing chess. He, he's a savant right on the court. He's seeing things 15 steps ahead that none of us are even on processing. Right. right. And how even the way he gives the excuse is not no, I can get got by guys, but then he breaks it down in X and O's ways where it no, it's actually, because of that is a big guy here who's low and the other guy is not dropping. And he's kind of going into all the X's and O's and re- you almost like bring data to reinforce his opinion, right. To prove his opinion. Which I thought's interesting too, yeah, he what yeah, um, that part's fascinating i and I to bus like you know anyone who goes on nBA advanced stats or just takes a look at the clean the glass categories where you see the uh shades of colors right, and what the numbers are, you can see like he's not the same guy he once was it's just it's obvious
2: i I like the fact that you got him to say because I don't think I've ever heard him say this that specifically, every game guys who I could normally get by or certain moves that I'd always hit. Yep. It just wasn't happening. Now, that's clear for everybody to see, you know, that this is not 2017 Harden, but he did admit that, actually. And uh, I, I guess, like, did you guys – you do get into some of it in the story, you know, with the you know the delay sets and Embiid and all of those things. What's the sense you yeah. got of, you know, how he understands, like, this is not his team? It, it will not be his team moving forward, and really – I'm not sure any team can be like his team is like the number one guy, and how he's you know trying to adjust to that type of life after you know being the heliocentric superstar for forever, maybe the OG
1: one, honestly. To me, so like editorializing, right? I'm still dubious about his ability to um, uh, adjust that yep. situation. I I, I kind of put that in there a little bit, you know. I left myself out, but like. The way I made I made sure to ask everybody that right. I asked Daryl about that and whether I'm still surprised that like I would if you would ask me to guess just based on press conference quotes, I would say they don't get along, right? Like that just seems like obvious to me. Um, I wrote this. I mean, I'm, forget what Daryl Morey says on the record, right? That's well, even when he says off the record, right? That doesn't matter. But I, I checked in with other people who I trust, and everyone's like, no, no it's fine off the court. Just uh, the on court stuff um, is the uh, is where it's going to be. It's getting it's where it's interesting. And and but I put some of this on um talking about James. I think Joel does deserve some of the blame for that as well. Um not it's clearly he's clearly the better player, it's clearly his team, but there are ways he can do things like he doesn't have to take passive aggressive shots at the offense every time when James is out, right? In press conferences. Like James sees those quotes. He doesn't have to not even once to me when I'm asking something specific about delay, because I came in armed with a you know, ready to go with a specific question but just all the stuff that Joel says and Joel's, I, I i don't like being the reporter who says, maybe don't be so honest. Like, you know, I'm always <laughs> pro these guys being honest with us. Right. But if you're talking about if, uh, if we're talking about judging Joel's um, leadership abilities and how he's doing it, like there are probably some things he could do differently um, in terms of working and connecting with James. So is that, but no, I'm stuck. Like the way, J- when I walked out of the interview, I was kind of thinking, okay, so James Harden, he's saying he wants to fit, but he's, and like you said, the, number, the heliocentric guy, just, I don't know. I don't know if he can, but I guess we're not going to know to the playoffs. We can kind of just wait and wait and wait. It's not, it's all, all this is irrelevant until the playoffs. Um, I'm dubious, but I guess you never I, know.
2: I am too. I, uh, I think it's uh it's a good point you make about the Joel passive aggressive comments. So, because, you know, for, as you've been around the team a lot, we've been around them a little more than you, obviously, because it's our only thing. Yep. Uh, it's something that you just kind of. I don't know. You just like let slide at some point. It's like, Oh yeah. He, uh, in the middle of his answer, that could be interpreted as like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm getting the ball out more now, or it's moving and stuff right, like that. Exactly. So it is a little bit of a push and pull. It's just, and it's funny. He's been doing it for so long and you're right. Like he's honest and he's a good quote and, and all of those things. But yes, that is an element of the Joel Embiid experience for sure.
1: At- for sure. For sure. It's like, and like again, it's, he needs he needs Harden also, right? So Joel's team, he's the best player, but he needs Harden. So it's not all on James Harden to adjust to Joel Embiid. I think it's more so, you know, we'll make it up, let's say, 65-35 or whatever it is, right? But, like, we've seen what a team – Joel Embiid's great, fantastic. He's not. They're not winning anything if James Harden isn't a good number two, right? He needs James Harden to be the best player he can be. So some of that is on him to – and that's not necessarily on-court stuff, right? That's off-court stuff, relationship building and – Communicating all the stuff that maybe Joel Embiid uh, doesn't necessarily love to do, right? That's not exactly his uh, favorite part about being an NBA player.
2: (laughs) It's no, and I think it's a, I I like that you had this in the article too that, yeah, it's not really off court stuff that is like, you know, obviously there are the passive aggressive quotes, but, you know, I, I think sometimes. You know these are human beings, so like sometimes there are shades of gray in a relationship, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. it can be mostly good, and you know maybe sometimes Joel gets frustrated about you know the ball not moving or whatever, but they get along and he recognizes his talent, and that's not the sole issue. I feel like a lot of times in these NBA stories and a lot of times in the Sixers stories as well, it's black and white. They like each other, they don't like each other. If they don't like each other, that's the reason it's not working. Basketball on the court doesn't matter at all, which I, I do think over this Sixers era as much weird shit has happened as <laughs> like just as much crazy off court personalities, all that, that shit. Some of it is just, it's been like a weird basketball mix. And that's part of the reason it hasn't worked. And um, I think this one might be a better mix. We'll see what, what Harden can do, but I, I think that's a point too. It's like, you know, sometimes they're just maybe not good enough, you know, sometimes it just doesn't exactly fit on the court together.
1: Yeah. Like if, I mean, Simmons and B, if they fit better on the court together, their relationship is probably better, right? They they could things kind yeah, of feed right? into each other. I know they all have their specific personality corks and stuff, but like they have moments where they got along fine, good enough to yeah. win, right? Like it wasn't like they hit each other now. Some of the um, you know, history, the comments, and maybe there's some um revisionist history <laughs> for going both on of them as well. From ben, from ben, <laughs> for both of them, right, yeah. In terms of like we they never talked. but that wasn't true. You guys know this as well as I like they, they got they had their issues, they got along fine, but the court they just didn't mesh. The games didn't mesh, and then that creates problems, so
0: so I guess a big part of of the article is about it seems like James is, is really cognizant of his legacy and the fact that he's never really won in the playoffs or gotten to a final since leaving Oklahoma City all those years ago. I guess what was your overall takeaway of, of, you know, I think a lot of people question his desire to winning. He comments on that in here and his work ethic and his willingness to mesh. Like what, I guess, what do you think is driving him right now?
1: Um. Yeah. The championship thing for sure. I mean, I think like he said that, you know, that's the only thing he's missing and he's right, right? He is right. And that's, it's, I mean, none of this stuff matters, right? Is what talking about nonsense and basketball and all that. But if in terms of like, once you get past that, none of the things we actually talk about matter, or, like him winning a championship matters, right? Does that make sense? Like the idea of his, how he wants to be remembered in his basketball legacy, like a championship is going to have a major impact. If he wins the title within the next year or two, you're going to remember him in a really different way than if he doesn't, um, and for anyone who devotes their entire life to something and like, and I put there, like, you know, whether, whatever you think or not, like, whatever you think about him or not, or whatever, whether you're a fan of his or not, he changed the game. He's an all time. He's a distinctive player or singular player who is, uh, one of the tw- 50 best ever to do something. And like that billions of people do, right. It's just, it's an incredible feat. And if you're that person, then you want to be remembered positive way in a positive light. And I think he's aware of that. So there's that. And I also think, um, where he says, you know, he heard the noise, as he kind of admitted to after saying he didn't hear the noise, but, like, he was done, he's over the hill, and the hamstring, I think that was one of my big takeaways to show that, like, he still got more left. Um, and even the stuff about, like, the quitter part, right, when he talked about the Nets, and, you know, I everyone called me a quitter, but then KD wants to ask that, so am I still a quitter now, or who the, who's a quitter now? Like, I think the way he's labeled as a basketball player, that matters to him, um, and that's sort of what where it goes. So, yeah, I guess... And be, you know you can always ask the interesting like the fascinating okay so would you rather you play poorly and win a title or be the number one guy and not right like where would he come down on that I I don't know I always assume the guys would rather everything go through them and not win than the other way no matter who it is that's not I think a lot of either, people right? at that's...
0: that level will say like well I can be the focal point and we can win like I don't think they view yeah, right, exactly. it as yeah right
1: exactly I've joked maybe like I've joked that Joel Embiid probably had the most fun he ever had last year and half joked you know where everything was him. If they're winning, it's because of him. If they're losing, it's because they have no. There's no team, and like it's a great situation. There's no stakes, and you're just having a blast and dominating and all that stuff. Um, so so yeah. Um, but that's where I believe he's. Yeah, that's kind of where I believe he's at right now.
2: Did you ever? I mean, you, you got into it a little bit. Uh, this is a little more, I guess, uh, off the court than the legacy talk. Uh, you, can you get into how? And I thought this was a great detail in there that he had a, a basketball court built in his backyard. So, yeah. so first off, w- like you said, like they, they put turf down. What what does that mean? Was he like playing on grass? Was it like Wimbledon basketball? It
1: wasn't a, it was it was a, a gym, like a, oh, a gym. Okay. Here, sorry. Sorry. I, like I a gym. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's all good. But I have uh they, I, they sent me pictures. I can look, but yeah, they put down a, uh, I'm gonna to try to open these as yeah. we're talking, but yeah, they uh, they sent me these pictures. Of course, they're not loading. Oh, here we go. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I can should I hold it up? I can hold it up to you. Oh screen. yeah, it's not good. It's it's not a oh, good. looks no, uh, good. I see it. Yeah, radio audio. But yeah, it's you know it's kind of like imagine like a tent, right? A white tent with like a green turf and a bunch of athletic shit thrown in there, right? <laughs> Basically, so, I think that uh,
2: dichotomy might be the that might be the right word. I'm I'm not whatever, but the the idea of he has always been at least to me just watching him from a basketball standpoint a tremendous like one-on-one worker. There's no way you get to the level of skill that he has without just completely working your ass off in the offseason and I think the other element which you've already talked about like being a savant, being really smart as well. That's kind of those things go hand in hand. But as we also know with James Harden, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, he likes to have a few beers at night and uh you know or you know go to the Go to the clubs, all, all of those things. Uh, what? Uh, what would you hear from him? And uh, you know, you talked to his his manager and friend as well, kind of about that uh, that balance. Because
1: I I do like that you also asked him about the cake as well. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, that that line almost got cut about him throwing out the cake. I'm like, I know it has nothing to do with anything, but it's just a hilarious That's, line. We got. There's your viral there. quote. I, I threw
2: the cake out of the. Well, it seemed like where it was supposed to go. Okay it seems like
1: we've yeah. <laughs> everyone's, everyone, everyone's been in that situation in their own birthday or whatever <laughs> like this your, your answer is just like just yeah, seems no, like a the thing they do the, at
0: the his time. response <laughs> in the moment that felt like the best place for it to go all right uh, i mean i've That's never great. been on a yacht with a birthday cake so i guess i just can't relate right?
1: so i guess exactly a giant <laughs> birthday cake also not like a Carvel crunchies one oh. um so um what are you asking oh so yeah the partying um yeah, okay. So my I was told by a bunch of people, and this is throughout, you know, because it took a while and I was reporting this that he was, uh, he was, uh, some of the off court uh, activities were more in check. Um, I did get a kick that his return to the court in Houston seemed like he just wanted to hitch a ride to his former hometown to go hit the strip clubs with which rapper was, they, was he at? Which, what, what, there were pictures that night? Uh, I forget um, which one was it, Little Baby. I forget. It was one yeah. of his friends, though. This is that we just turned into the whitest podcast. Um, <laughs> no, we're already so there. The, we're already there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, uh, which uh, which rap artist accompanied James Harden to the uh, the adult club? But yeah, so I, I got a kick I out of that. And what, <laughs> that that what I found funny is because the story was almost done, and we were trying to figure. I interviewed him before his injury, right? Um, that the injury happened, so I kind of threw off the timing. We're trying to time the publishing when he's coming back, and I look at their schedule. And there's a game in Houston. I want to say it's a Monday. And then they don't have another until game Friday. until yep. a Friday. So I'm figuring there is no way he's returning for you. Like, that is, like, there's no way. Like, I know he's coming back. Like, why would you push that extra game against a bad team, which I know they lost, but against a bad team when you also have, like, four days after. It just seemed like the obvious move, right, to just take the rest of the extra four or five days and not return. Then he returns, and then I see the, the pictures of him partying. And I'm like, oh, I see what happened. He was, he just he wanted a ride. To uh, he wanted to ride to Houston to go have some fun, so I found I got that I thought that was pretty funny. Um, as I'm putting together a story saying how he's working harder and <laughs> giving up some of that stuff. Um, so uh, that <laughs> that withstanding, my understanding is that he did give up some of that, of uh, some of those activities, and yeah, like the work was always the work was never a problem. Like, he be, the, I think he'd sort of thing where like out till two, I'm making up the times, but out till 2 a.m., but then in the gym at seven, right? But at a certain age. The almost the sleep matters almost more, and the recovery matters almost more than the work you're putting in the next morning. Um, is he fully there? I don't know. Um, he he looks better, right? He looks better right now. I guess we'll see throughout the year. Yeah. Um, he looks better now, also. I think since, ironically, I'm curious if you guys agree. I think he looks better since coming back than he did almost at the beginning of the season, um, which I find interesting too.
0: He's playing very well. Uh, he, he and Joel are are both very interesting because it's clear you do not get to that skill level. Like I think at one point. In your article, Harden comments like, you don't get to be runner-up MVP multiple times without putting in the work, and that's true. And you could say the exact same thing for Joel right now. On the other hand, neither of them have never really been in (laughs) tip-top physical shape. So it's like they're very committed to working on the things that they care about committing to, which is a little bit, I think, frustrating for fans. But clearly, I mean, they definitely do work. Like, that kind of skill level is not something you are born with.
2: For sure. sure. They are an interesting contrast just because james now that we're talking about this he really is the ultimate work hard play hard uh nba, yeah, NBA right. player right like <laughs> he he definitely has both of those things where joel is like I- i'll tell you the play hard is not a part of what he's doing i'll tell you that yeah no
1: no i mean what i, I think i wrote right i <laughs> think like because he went to the uh party that his favorite at night activities being home and sweatpants right video games right which is like it's true. It wasn't even a shot. No, that's, like, that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah I, I every, when I first yeah.
0: heard that, I'm like, nah, there's some PR behind Joel. That's pushing that out there. And like, no, it actually really is true. He doesn't really go out that much.
2: And so instead he went to Harden sting in sweatpants as well. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the, 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 exactly he does. Uh, yeah. Even in his post game, it sounds dumb, but you know, you clean these little things here and there. And like when he, have you ever seen him not in sweats in a post game press conference, like as he goes to the Very podium, rare. right. Yep. It's always this, yeah, it's unless it's unless it's shorts. Yeah, you know it's not yeah. right. Exactly, which again would indicate that he's not going somewhere. He after. was in shorts okay, the other day. When it sweat.
0: must have been like twenty five degrees out there by the time the game was over. <laughs> it, was insane.
1: it was
0: insane. Yeah, um, doesn't
3: make a lot of sense. But oh well. As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using the BetMGM lines to make all our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet. 21 plus to wager, visit MGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana... Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 1-877-8-Hope in Y or text Hope in Y. Call 1-800-Next Step in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada, one 800 327 Massachusetts, 1-800-Bets Off in Iowa, one 800 for confidential Health help in Michigan. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone else close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at one 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available. In Nevada and New York. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TABasketball and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic Plus, up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager.
0: So I think one of the interesting things, first of all, I think it's just interesting why he agreed to this interview. Like, I think you mentioned in your article he hasn't mm-hmm. done one, like two and a half, three years, something like that. Not, not a yep, one-on-one yep. like that. He's not, like, antagonistic towards the media, like maybe some of his... Former teammates like Kyrie or Ross, like they're openly antagonistic towards members of the media. He's not aloof like maybe Ben Simmons. Like he's it's pretty easy to strike up a conversation with him. But getting him below the surface level is pretty tough because he doesn't want like what you mentioned in your piece. He doesn't want to be misconstrued. He doesn't want that soundbite. He doesn't want that sort of like debate centered yeah. around him, which is funny because there's always debate centered around him. But exactly. I guess what I'm curious about because he doesn't necessarily show this side to us or the media or, or anyone on the outside. What's he like as, or what's your take on what he's like, sort of like as a leader now that he's in a veteran role, he's always sort of been the focus of a team moving into a new place. You mentioned him trying to make efforts to be a leader here in Philadelphia. I guess what's sort of like your take on that and what kind of examples do you have from that?
1: Yeah. So I, I give my take after. So two interesting stories. I and mean, again, when you're reporting these things, and team was fa- helping facilitate, so you're going to get team friendly views of things. But like you know, stories. I guess they can't be. I shouldn't say they can't be made up, right? <laughs> Especially around Sixers land. But
0: you know, you like to think I've that I've lived on the internet reporter, for the last six years. You can definitely make up stories. Yes.
1: <laughs> what was the title? Well, who's the, uh, the 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 congressman yesterday who made up his whole life? So yeah, I no, uh,
0: um, <laughs> up from your neck of the woods, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you like to think you have a radar for uh when you're sitting down with somebody or just the specifics of the details. So, like, two stories that I put these in this one I I, I wrote fast, but George Yang told me a story about how last year, um, and I, I told this fast, but I can elaborate because it's interesting. So, last year, after I didn't remember the game, you guys probably will because you're better on this stuff than I am and watch more of them, but there was a game against Denver, um, when yeah, where he um, he missed a three and then got the offensive rebound and he should have kicked it out but took a shot anyway because they were yep. down three and screwed it up and basically not cost him the game, but ruined the, uh, ruin. it led to the loss. Um, and he was pretty down after and He goes to a restaurant and he was asked the manager or whatever, "Can I have the back room. And the manager was like, you yeah, know, actually James Harden's in the back room. He knows. Um, sorry, I've got a phone call. That I'm going to get out of the way here. Um, so just, excuse me, as I kill a story. So anyway, so James Harden's in the back room. Um, I don't know. So, so George calls up James Harden and says, Hey man, I know, uh, I know you're there. You know, my friends here. We okay? We get a table. And he told me wasn't that he was scared of him, but he kind of like this was early in their partnership and the idea that he thought J- and maybe James was pissed after the game. He thought James would be like almost ignore the call or like look at the call and be like, You fucking kidding me? I don't want to see this guy now, right? And instead he told him, No, come on back through, come on through and hung out with him. They talked a lot. Like, so I thought that was interesting. That was last year. And this year they told me a story about um, and again, I threw this in fast, but basically the uh Sixer strength coach does a thing where like he organized, he offered a uh a let's say a sunday morning workout for all basketball ops employees but not the players like you know assistant coaches or like uh pr people and front office people just non-athletes basically to do it right um and harden was the only player who showed up and he went in all the drills so i found those two things interesting the uh and both seemed almost out of character to me the george yang story i didn't know Harden had that in him because again i never covered him before and i would also think from the outside he'd be sort of the uh um, it's a loof use that word. It's a good, a good word or standoffish or he's not somebody who seems to suffer mistakes. Maybe that's a better way to put it. He's not someone who seems to suffer teammates mistakes or have a uh, tolerance right. for that. Um again, part of, cause the way he sees the game, right? His mind, he sees some geniuses a lot, right? They have trouble understanding or not figure understanding or have trouble tolerating people who can't see the game and see things the way they do. Right. Um, that, and again, him working out the whole, like he doesn't seem like somebody who would care to have the team's lower level employees, uh, have any sort of opinion of him right that would seem to be beneath him also from afar so i found those things interesting and what what that translates to in terms of the locker room it's so hard to tell i don't know right it's so hard to tell um i would think that stuff matters and i think it would make a difference but it probably also depends who you are so if you're george yang or pj tucker and your game is also perfectly tailored to play alongside Harden, where you're just going to get open threes and stuff that's probably great If Tyrese maxi. And I I think they get along great him and Tyrese maxi. I'm not saying otherwise, but like, it's probably a little harder to tolerate hard in there. Right. Or deal with that. So I always, it kind of goes what you were saying before, rich, in terms of his, um, how the basketball stuff often, uh, leaks or triggers or kind of facilitates what the, the, the rest of the, uh, interactions and the dynamic there. Yeah. And there are definitely guys on
2: the team who, I mean, PJ Tucker is like, (laughs) he's, he's yeah fairly useless offensively. If, uh, if he if yeah. Harden is not there, if Harden is there,
1: he knows He's so how to get in the ball. Mostly useless. Yes, exactly. Well, well. And how much money though? Like has Harden yeah. made him right? Hard like yeah. if you think about, it, like, Harden's made him like fifty. I don't know if you tallied up like the Houston contracts and Miami all of it since like uh, how much money has James Harden made? PJ Tucker, right? You know, you
2: know though, Harden like he really appreciates playing with Tucker because at the end of the game last night, the the Raptors game where Harden, by the way, Harden was bad for the, the overtime of that game. It was like, he kept getting Anyanobi on a switch and then attacking it. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, like go get Van Vliet yeah. if you're going to do this, like, or whatever. Okay. So it was probably his worst game since coming back. Wh- whatever. It's.
0: Whoa, whoa, look, that, whoa, whoa, whoa. Second worst game, that Houston debacle.
2: He wasn't even <laughs> back for that. He was back. I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was quote unquote <laughs> yeah. back for yeah. that. You're right. The Houston debacle was worse than that, but he, he, he wasn't very good. That said, On the Tobias Harris's two winning threes, one of them, or one of them got taken off. The other one was a Harden pass and Tucker set a flare screen for him. And I noticed like after it was over, you know, everybody's congratulating Harris, but Harden goes over and taps Tucker on the head. Like, thank you. Like that was good. Uh, So I think it's clear that He seems to
0: be someone who sort of like notices the little things and tries to point that out. Maybe not publicly, but uh, behind the the scene. Yeah.
2: And and I, I agree with you. Like, I think Maxie likes him, even though they're, they're different, right? Like Maxie is very bubbly and you know always happy. And Harden, mm-hmm. I, I think is a little more of a joker. I think Harden's like a little more like us. I think Maxie's almost the, uh, the different person in that. Are you uh, saying just, I don't have a
0: bubbly mm-hmm. personality? <laughs> what are you trying as to say, you say with,
2: rich. As you say with the scowl on your face. Right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, he's, he's like, uh, he's a contradiction, which kind of, it does make him, you know, when you step back and it's probably why you were the, the right person to write this, your own, like, you know, I'm watching him. You know, try and run an offense every game, and like focused on that. Like he's just a. It's a very interesting character at this point of his NBA career.
1: Like I completely he, agree. I completely agree. He's it's fascinating. Like in terms of the NBA conversation, again, like like I said, none of this actually matters. But once you get past that, and like what actually, like, James Harden's fascinating, yeah. and like where he is at this point in his career and who he is and what he represents and all of it. I an all time career,
0: all timer. Yeah, yep. absolutely. He is sort of one that where I look at him, if I was sort of advising him, if I was his manager, you would probably say like, look, you should probably do more media. Like, I think he is so reserved and doesn't want to open up at all. And I think when he speaks, you can tell there's a thoughtfulness that maybe his body language or his facial expressions, which you can't really see because he's got the beard for his whole career, don't really show. Um, And I think he, you know, by sort of, again, not necessarily treating the media as an enemy, because I don't think he necessarily comes off that way, but of being concerned mm-hmm. about anything that's put out there because of the way it can be talked about, even if it's not in the way it's initially reported, but just the way other people can take it and run with it. I think by being scared of that, he has almost hurt, not hurt his reputation, but maybe created a sort of bit of a, uh, standoffishness, aloofness, um, lack of caring that I'm not sure is necessarily there. I think he's, he's almost made I mean, his it, reputation if, worse.
1: It's interesting because it's a media conversation, but like when these guys talk about the media, I assume they're basically like they're not, they're not reading. I basically assume and think they're talking about first take, right? right? And it sounds very specific, but that's what they're, that's what they watch. That's what they see. That's what blows up the most.
0: And to to your point, does it, does it blow up?
2: Like there's like 50,000 people who watches, that watch those shows, but I feel like, I feel like 300 of them are the NBA
1: players. That's what I'm saying. Like that's when they talk about the media, they're talking about Stephen A. Smith and first take. They're not like, they're not going on like, ESPN.com, even forget it, websites we write for, right? I'm being serious. Like, it's <laughs> trying to say James just, Harden doesn't right, subscribe
0: that... to the Daily Six. No, you're right.
1: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're like, they're, they're watching for, like, when they say the media, they're watching first take and maybe they're checking their mentions, you know, here or there. Um, or and a bleach report, uh, I might mean, like a bleach report, uh yeah. alerts, right? Like, that's, that's, like, that's probably it. So, and if you're focusing through that lens, then yeah, I agree with you, Derek. Like, you're going to come into these issues where, um i mean i saw it like bleacher report out that an alert from my story what was it james i think it was like james harden blames teammates for losses and, and it had the quote as um it had the quote which one what's what like it's a quote in the story what what more can i do or something i do everything what more can i do and like it just cut out and just were like what yeah. more can i do i can't do everything you know how the game is
2: played and i'm sure you guys know
1: you know
0: yeah, yeah no exactly and, and no, I I mean, get not it. to and, be all wind and, horse but like aggregators definitely make our lives more difficult because a lot of times what gets people pissed off is not the initial article it's how it's then covered outside of that
1: correct so what i so what i do, I mean i purposely I, I i there's a lot of long quotes in the story so like the way i look at it and i think I even when i told them at some point is you know it's gonna happen but like if people read the whole story this is maybe some people won't click on it won't read the whole thing but it's also a way to get people it's gonna drive people to the like even if it's a uh aggregated cutoff quote right it's gonna drive people to it, and more people will have an understanding of what your view is on things um, through this. Now, whether you care that about that or not, it's different, but that's kind of the pitch. But yeah, it's just, yes, when you say like he's, you know, afraid to open up, I completely agree. And I think if you're going back to like my, I would always tell these guys that stuff's going to happen anyway. Like James Harden, if you're a big star, you're going to be debated on right. first take anyway, right? It doesn't make a difference. So you might as well get your point of view out. Instead in of fashion. debating
0: your words, I'll debate your body language. But you're right. You're getting debated. Right, exactly. No, way. for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
2: You know, it's funny. This is a, a random one you're on, but I, I remember we were, I think it was that Toronto playoff series in 2019 <laughs> when me and you were standing on the court before the game. And I think you had just written an article about Marc Gasol and, yes. and he goes to you and Marc Gasol is a different character than James Harden, but he goes, Hey he goes, hey man, I heard the story it was pretty good. And you go, you go to him, Oh, did you read it? He goes, nah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. That's a, exactly. No, it's the funniest thing. It's the funniest thing. Now this why you'll laugh at this. I I asked. I haven't been to uh, around the Sixers. The story came. I haven't been around the Sixers since. So I haven't seen James. Um, so I asked PR. You know, did he read it? Just curious. And I was told they said, um, no, but we told him it was good. Um, so I joked <laughs> that man. like I joked, I joked, but with him, I joke. He's gonna say he didn't read it, but then like look over his shoulder and be yeah. like, okay, close clear, and then and then open it up, right? And then that's throw. the other thing. <laughs>
0: like we'll joke, like, hey, I don't think James Harden subscribing to the Daily Six or reading Fox Sports or even the Athletic but there is somebody from the team that is reading everything that we write and letting them know if there's anything that they need to know about for sure. For sure.
1: Correct. 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 Yep. It's so interesting. Yeah. That's funny. Rich, you remember that. Yeah. That was, that's exactly true. (laughs) It's so funny.
0: We are also, we what are we doing? Such futile jobs. (laughs) We talk about a game, man. It's, it's not that, that (laughs) deep. I guess the only other real question I had, there's a lot of talk about where he was talking about, you know, the, sort of late season playoff struggles he has had. And you've got a lot of people yep. from the Houston days. or not a lot of people, Their are comments, uh, anonymous comments from the Houston days of them saying, look, he's not, he wasn't really choking. He was out of gas. And then you've got mm-hmm. him, um, you know, basically saying at one point, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, even though I'm looking for it and, and struggling here. Uh, but him, him saying that, look, yeah, I had some good games, I had some bad games, but quite frankly, we didn't have enough talent to win there. I guess what do you what did you sort of take as his approach to this year of trying to change sort of like that narrative? Do That's you a good question. do you and this is me asking you to editorialize a little bit. Do you think there's a risk of him maybe trying to do a little too much because he wants to disprove that narrative?
1: Um, by the way, you saying you having trouble finding something on the Fox Sports website? I'm shocked. It's, clean, it, I have your article up. Product. I was more
0: scrolling through trying to find the exact <laughs> quote, but for whatever reason, I couldn't find it at that moment. Uh, <laughs> now you're really hoping. Feeling, your so is I not would listening to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they know, by the way. Um, that's more of a program. I don't know what we've Your editor is not left.
0: a UI engineer for sure.
1: For sure. Uh, um, okay, so I I would say I think that's a concern, but not because not. And again, this is—I mean, I'll do the thing, the wind But this is me editor, editorializing. Um, I also have to concern, but not because he wants to prove people wrong. I think it goes back to the idea of him being convinced that's the best way to play, right? That's more—that's the distinction I would make. Um, and that—that's always been the thing with his whole style of basketball. It's and it's why it's hard to argue because, like, on a possession by possession basis, he's always been right. Yeah, the smartest move is a James Harden picking all the top let him play chess and either get a switch or manipulate, pick and roll, do all that stuff. Right. And that's the, if you go on each possession and I, if you isolate each possession and you're looking for the, doing just the math of it. And this is why him and Mori probably, you know, yeah. have been uh, linked and why like if doing the math on each possession. That is the best move, right? With there's no, there's no arguing, but basketball is not a game. And I'm not like an anti analytics guy, but basketball is not like a single possession game. It's a full game and ebbs and flows and over season and things like that. And I think that's the part that sometimes is was missed. And, when people talk about the heliocentric stuff and things like that um and so yeah, I'll be my concerned that in the playoffs it's like no what do you mean i'm gonna have i, I want to get a switch and i'm gonna iso because i have i don't know switched on to me precious achua i'm making this up right like or maybe not toronto they're not getting anywhere near the playoffs these days but whoever it is right like um and that's the best move and they're gonna pound the ball into the court um and the step back three my math is this right and that's better than this um that would be my concern more than him trying to, like, in the moment prove people wrong. It's almost, does he recognize that it goes back to the big question? And that's why I kind of like I ended the piece on it for the most part. The idea of can he, what, what's, where is he at in terms of his approach to playing alongside Joel Embiid, right? This is the big question with, and that's what the whole thing hinges yeah. on, like both them and, D- and Daryl, the whole Sixers organization, right? The fate of the world, um, it all hinges on that basically. And who can he recognize? That things have to go through Embiid and can, and Doc Rivers has to do this too, right? Figure out ways. We talked about delay and how Embiid's good at the top of the key, and that's where he likes to operate and, now. And then you have to figure out ways. I was just going to say, yeah, can he ahead.
0: recognize that the reason he's taking mid-range shots now isn't because he doesn't have a lob threat. It's because he's not beating Ike Stewart off the dribble.
1: Yeah. Correct. Correct. And, and that's okay, right. right? I mean, like, it's it's a cliche basketball thing. Michael Jordan late in his career, mid-range shot was a killer, right? That was the whole like, thing. That, that worked, right? So it's okay to to evolve. If that shot, if the math is still good on that shot, it doesn't make a difference to approach it. And it's James even Harden one
0: thing, would, if he tells right. you the reason I'm not getting the rim is because we don't have a lob threat. That's fine. If you want to bullshit to us in the media, that's fine. But how do you actually adapt your style of play to deal with the new exactly, reality? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Rich, you got anything else for uh, for your own, or should we? Yeah, Rich is still staring yeah, at his, staring his phone, his phone his, for 40
1: minutes. He's been staring at his phone for 40 minutes. frozen in frozen We
0: have a, a Zoom set up here and, and Rich is frozen uh 40 minutes ago so we do not have I a, think it's been a pretty clean pod but that you do not have visual happening. confirmation of where rich is at <laughs> literally yeah I'm I've kidding. been here I've been here
2: I, it you know maybe I have been staring at my phone the whole time you guys can't actually see it. Uh, no I think I'm uh I think I've got everything that I want from your own
0: all right well it is I'm yeah, glad it is always good to talk to your own uh, I think the first time we really got to know each other was when you're working on Tanking the Top which again if you haven't read it uh, go out and buy it wherever You buy your books digitally or in real life. Uh, Great read. It's always great to have your own on. Uh, Has become one of my friends here in the national media and always gets good stories on the Sixers. Does a real good job of of getting into an organization that doesn't necessarily want too many features written about them. So I I, I commend you for that. And this was another great one. Go check it out at FoxSports.com. It is titled... What is the
1: title? I don't even know. James know Harden Reckons
0: title. with His Legacy is the title of the article. Ah. Yeah. Once again, thank you for coming on and best of luck going forward.
1: Thanks, guys.